we have come to know and to believe in the love God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Will Barrett thought about Allie in her greenhouse, her wide gray eyes, her lean muscled boy's arms, her strong quick hands. His heart leapt with a secret joy. What is it I want from her and him, he wondered. Not only want, but must have. Is she a gift and therefore a sign of a giver? Could it be that the Lord is here, masquerading behind this simple, silly, holy face? Am I crazy to want both? Her and him? No, not want, must have, and will have. I like this line. Am I crazy to want both her and him? Because I think one of the things it gets at is the difficulty of reconciling and of understanding um, these two uh, different, maybe, but related experiences of love, right? Love as we invest ourselves in it day to day. Um, love as it exists in the relationships with which we're familiar. And then the love that comes from God and the love that is God. Um, and so I guess in thinking about this distinction and in the ways, the ways in which the two uh, might be merged, you know, the question arises, what is the essence? What is the fundamental quality of what we might call Christian love? Um, there are many, many ways to uh, approach that question and to answer that question, but I think one of the one of the qualities I would suggest is um, this sense of being beside oneself, um, in the sense of being overcome or conquered, if you will, by love, right to be outside of oneself, to forget oneself, or maybe more exactly, not even necessarily a complete forgetting of self, but a not seeing oneself except in communion, right? Not having an awareness of oneself except as some portion of an indivisible whole. An experience of this kind of love, this Christian love, I think fundamentally um, it involves the boundaries of what we think of as ourselves becoming permeable such that as we relate to others there is no asking, there is no self-interest, there is no expectation, right? Um, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> the idea of like one being that cares for itself, essentially, right? Um, 
when you're able to dissolve those distinctions between self and other i mean that is that is you know what we think of as selflessness right um and i think it's very difficult but when you have that experience it's not so much about you know what you give to another person or what you receive from another person or what you expect or hope for from another person um it simply becomes a completely like uh natural organic um almost thoughtless uh way of being with others um, and thoughtless of course not in the sense of being uh, of lacking intentionality or care but thoughtless in the sense that there's no that it couldn't be otherwise right that it's just so natural that that we should understand each other in this way um, that there's no doubt I guess. Um, so, you know, how rare is it that we experience this uh, in its perfection in our relationships with others? Um, I think we all know, you know, about selflessness, about altruism. We, we know what that feels like. Um, we know what it feels like to care for others and to at least approach that space where you know um, I, I think we've all been in situations probably where we've had to set aside our own concerns right it might be caring for a child it might be caring for a loved one it could be you know helping a stranger whatever it might be we've all been in these situations probably um, where our concerns um, about ourselves and about our own lives become sort of diminished in importance or are set aside um, in love for another. But I think experiencing this in its totality, right, embodying it in its perfection is, is I think it's very difficult and I think it's very rare. Um, so much of our understanding of love um, in you know romance or friendship or whatever it might be it's not liberated from self-interest and therefore can function as a kind of self-love um, and you know it's an interesting thing to talk about because uh, my intention is not to diminish for example, uh, friendship and the value of friendship, but to acknowledge that, you know, friendship is very commonly bound up in preference, right? Bound up with, with qualities that we like in others um, and, and how they enrich our lives, right? So even when we feel like we can um, care for our friends, our loved ones in a selfless sort of way, um, you know, we recognize 
the ways in which these um, these loves, these relationships are rooted in the self still. Um, and I think because this kind of perfect self-forgetting Christian love is so it can be very foreign to the ways that we understand love. Um, because of that, I think, at least I experience this, um, there's a certain uh, struggle, uh, an internal struggle um, that is rooted in what feels like an inability to love perfectly. Right? I look at my relationships, um, and I look at the ways in which I treat people, people I know, people I don't know, um, and where I see uh, self-centeredness, or where I see this sense of uh, expectation um, or, or desire from others, um, it frustrates me, right? Because I want to, I want to sort of embody this perfect Christian neighborly love, and that's not the reality, generally, of of you know being a human being in a finite body in a finite world. Um, and so, you know, one thing I'm working on that I think can be beneficial is to not understand this uh, strictly as an either-or proposition. Um, maybe instead, what we can do is will ourselves to really see the imperfection and the ugliness in the ways we relate to each other, while also keeping an eye towards those glimmers of selflessness, right? The traces of authentic Christian love, um, and committing ourselves to what is inevitably an endless journey along that path. Maybe in adopting this attitude, we can develop our ability to recognize God in others, to see others as integral to our faith journey, and to have gratitude for the people and the love in our lives. Maybe our very humanness our finitude, our failures, do not simply indicate an absence of God, but rather are the very hurdles to be faced in the movement towards God. Instead of condemnation, we might look for the promise in the moments when we do love rightly, and maybe in seeing our own incapacity for perfect love, we need not give up hope, but gain the hope of an infinite task. Almighty ever-living God, grant that we may always conform our will to yours and serve your majesty in sincerity of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen.